Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, the Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendez. Hope you guys are all well on your Sunday morning on this week's show. Then we'll be talking about the imminent arrival uh, of Nathan Jones as the new Addicts boss, as well as looking back at yesterday's 1-0 home defeat against Derby County at the Valley. Joining me to have those conversations, first up, top right, Sue Gallup. How are you doing, Sue? Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. So- yeah, I think that's because you're very excited. More, more, more so because of the manager about to come in rather than performance and result, I'm guessing, yesterday. Oh, but oh we'll, yeah, completely, yeah, completely. Yeah, we'll talk, talk about that. And down the bottom of the screen uh, is uh, Tash Everett. How are you doing, Tash? Yeah, morning, guys. All good, yeah. I'm like, sure, I feel weirdly optimistic this morning, even though we haven't won what feels like 5,000 years. But yeah, all good, thanks. Yeah, well, I don't, I'd, uh, I don't feel like that at all. So I'm glad we got you two on to try and cheer me up at least, because yeah, it's an, it's another defeat at home. It's now 12 games uh, without a win for the Addicts. Uh, was it 17 games without a clean sheet? We give away goals for fun. We're three points above the relegation zone. The sides below us have games in hand, and we're playing one of them next Saturday. So plenty of reasons not to be optimistic. Maybe a reason to be optimistic with the new manager uh, coming in, which we'll discuss uh, shortly. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. Uh, as well, morning to everyone. Are you joining us in the chat? Sam's in there, Richard, uh, George, uh, Andrew's already put some comments in there. All hell let loose as well. Uh, Key, Ian, Shiny Phil, uh, Dudley, Steve, uh, Chris as well. We'll talk about the game. Uh, we'll talk about, like I say, the, the arrival of the manager. Later on, we've got a guest fan joining us as well. Jimmy Stone, a uh, big Charlton supporter, was also part of the media team actually around the time um that Nathan was working at the club so knows a little bit about how the players or the young players that he was working with there reacted to his methods and stuff so maybe he can give us a bit of insight on the the new man that's coming in so I think I think top of the show we should talk about the fact that Nathan Jones looks set to be our next presumably head coach rather than manager so um he was there yesterday we knew that was going to be the case um there was at one point where it looked like it might even all be done and dusted by by yesterday although now it sounds like the contract's been checked over by the the LMA uh, which I assume is a standard clause, and we've not put in something absolutely mental, but that would be the sort of thing we do, wouldn't it? But um, so he wasn't announced yesterday, but we knew he was there yesterday. We had a, quite a good fun game of cat and mouse, where me and Rich were both in the car park for a solid forty-five minutes yesterday, trying to find him arrive. Um, then I had to go up and, and start doing the show with, with with Radio London, so we didn't find him. And then uh, little birdie told me that he was actually not sitting in the director's box; he was on the far side. So I sent. Uh, Mr. Puddyfoot scampering along to get a photograph of him in, in the in the in the executive box, which was very good fun. So we proved he was there, Sue. So as far as we're concerned, it's ninety nine percent done, um, and it looks set that Nathan will be the new manager. So you know Nathan from from his time at the club previously. Um, we've seen what he achieved with Luton Town. Uh, we see what he didn't achieve, obviously, with Stoke um, and with Southampton in the Premier League. But I mean, how are you feeling about his uh, impending appointment? I'm just so excited. Like, 
as soon as his name got linked, um, it's funny, when he left, I said to him, you'll be back one day and you'll be manager. And he kind of laughed and he was like, hope so. But you know when you think, and because obviously then he went to Brighton to be assistant manager at Brighton. Um, and then I think as soon as his name got linked, I was like, yes, it's a sign. Please, please, please. And just because he's one of those people that you meet, he's just so infectious. Like his passion um, for the game, his passion for people, um, it's just, it, it is, it's infectious. And you can't help but love him, like when you meet him. So I, I guess that's why I feel really like, even though we we, we lost yesterday, I know what he's capable of bringing to that team. And I think the main thing is confidence and organisation. Um, and they'll get a lot from him. As we know, he was our development squad manager. He won the league with them when he was with us before. In in only a season, I think he, he did just over a season with us. And the lads were devastated when he left. And I think it's a big sign about how someone leaves leaves a mark um when everyone is so upset when when someone leaves like it felt like a big hole when he left um I think it just it's a mark of the man really and I just feel like he's gonna do amazing things with us I genuine genuinely believe that this is the right the right thing for us um it's sad that it's come this bit late in the window well obviously he's missed the window I'm, I'm not sure whether a couple of them signings may have been influenced by the fact that he may have been coming in but um I just can't wait for everyone to just see what he can do because I think the the Stoke and Southampton appointments weren't right for anybody at the time <clears throat> excuse me um and I'd hate his name to be tarnished by those two two jobs. And actually, we need to look at what he did with Luton. He took him from League Two to the Championship playoffs. Um, and I know the, the year that he got them into the playoffs, they didn't go up. They just missed out. But he obviously then got them back into that position for them the new manager, when he left, the new manager took over and just ran with it because what was needed, he'd put in place. Um, sorry, am I going on too long? Because I've got something else to say about you it. Could talk, I, you could talk as long about him as you want. There's a there's a video on, on YouTube, I think it is, um, about his, the, the, the way he talks about... Um, how he likes to to kind of work with the club from the the bottom up so he will instill this this belief and confidence and organization through everybody that works with him so it ain't even that they work for him they will work with him um it's very much a team effort and i think what he'd said in the interview that he did was about uh, around I, I know that when I organise the backroom staff, the squad, the staff, anyone that's involved, that then 
when he left um, Luton, for example, he left them enough to be able to continue that journey. It didn't all just fall apart at the seams because he wasn't there anymore. He'd instilled that in any everybody that around him. Um, no, I'm not his agent, Dean. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, yes, I am emotional, Richard. I am. Um, it's great. It's just, I'm just so excited. So excited. Sorry, I'm going to stop banging on now. No, sorry. Well, you can hear from Sue there. So some, someone who, who has known Nathan in the past, uh, someone who, who's, who's dealt with him, that, that, uh, he's obviously had that effect on on, on people on, on a personal level, which, which feels good. Um, I guess the question is then, Tash. So Sue's pointed out the different jobs he's done at different places. So I mean, what what he achieved at Luton was was hugely you know impressive. He came in lower lower end League Two, um, kept him up that season. I think there was a job to keep him up, and then and then um, I think it took a couple of years, but he got he got him up, and then you know, kept building, laid the groundwork, obviously disappeared a couple of times. And it's it's trying to work out which which sort of model are we of a club that he's coming into now. So is he coming into a Luton where obviously they were struggling League Two at the time, which you could say we're, we're very much struggling League One. Um but or but also he had he had the time and, and the resources to do what he had to do in terms of the, the personnel around him to to build the club up from the bottom, which is obviously what needs to happen for us and has needed to, to happen for us for a long time. Or, are, or is he coming into a Stoke? I, I won't even say a Southampton because I think a Premier League job is very different, but a Stoke who were a bit of a mess, but also there was no turning it around and, and you know there wasn't that infrastructure in the background because we've seen Stoke have been a pretty middling championship club for a long time now. That there's that there's um there's sort of treading water championship and not really improving. I, it'd be interesting to see if he's given the the time, the resources, the, the the people around him to to build that foundation, which seems to be the way he likes to operate. And you know, if he doesn't get that, it could easily be a Stoke here as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hope it's more the Luton than the Stoke. Um, yeah, as much as Stoke fans will probably not have the greatest thing to say about Nathan Jones, I think Luton fans can see like explain well like they could easy after he like went off on them like was it twice I think he left um them and then came back but you know anything that Luton fans have to say about Nathan Jones is all overwhelmingly positive and I'm not sure every club would be able to say that about someone that that left them twice but it shows what a job he did in in rebuilding that club and as Sue was saying like laying those foundations and I think hopefully you'd like to think that the hierarchy we have now and the situation that we're in, I don't think we really have a choice but to give him that time and to and to say to him, you know, here's what you need, rather than Stoke. I don't think he really had that opportunity. From my understanding, I don't think he really had that opportunity to do what he did at Luton. Um, whereas now, we're, unfortunately, after yesterday's result, I think a lot of people have kind of realised that relegation could seriously be a thing. Um, I don't think they have a choice into into you know giving him what he needs and giving him that support. Um, and hopefully it will go in the way of Luton. Um, I know like when we were linked with like Neil Warnock and stuff, as much as I think he would have kept us up and wasn't massively keen on it because of the Palace connection, although it would have been funny him coming in. I was kind of thinking, but it doesn't make sense. Neil Warnock's in the short term, so he's not going to be there for long, like it was saying with that Huddersfield. And, okay, he'll keep you up. But Nathan Jones will do exactly the same thing. So it doesn't make any sense. There's no point getting someone in the short term because Nathan Jones will do both keep you up and more. 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I yeah, I'm feeling positive about it. I feel like it would be more of a Luton. I just hope that we give him what he needs to be able to build it in the way that he did there. Um, but yeah, from what we've seen, I mean, it's the most ambitious managerial appointment we've gone for in a long bloody time. Like, I can't think who's probably back like Powell, like obviously because Boyer and Jackson were brought on from being caretakers. So in that respect, I want to have the faith that he'll be given the time and given the resources that he needs. But yeah, it's um, I'm very excited by it as well. Yeah, I mean, just just uh, just on the Neil Warnock point, I think it's unfair to colour him as as a Palace connection because also he's connected to about fifty clubs because he's managed pretty much everyone, isn't he? But he would have been fun. But obviously, yeah, I mean, if you are looking long term, then on paper uh, it has to be uh, Nathan Jones. Let's have a look at some of the comments. Uh, Lone Wolf is saying Jones at Southampton was the wrong appointment for what they needed at the time. It tarnished his reputation a bit. I still believe he'd do a good job with us. He kind of uh, has to. Matthew says uh, the appointment is genuinely exciting. He can rebuild his reputation whilst rebuilding us uh, at the same time. Um, Spamfish says he's uh, strangely optimistic after the last couple of games. He said he's two, played two informed teams and competed well. We still um, obviously only picked up one point, though. It's the main concern for me. Guy says his Stoke record is concerning. He had 10 more games than Appleton and just a 15% win ratio, basically twice as bad as Appleton. Southampton squads uh, just wasn't at it. And Chris, yeah, pointing out we won't be able to sack him. That's a fact. He must be getting a big wage to, to take this on. And you, you'd assume so. Like It definitely feels like a more uh, ambitious uh, appointment in, in terms of someone who's managed at the level he has recently. They tend to be more expensive than than someone like Michael Appleton, you'd assume, uh, unless he's really taken a massive cut because he wants wants to come in and work again. All hell let loose asking if he's going to be a manager or a head coach. Well, you, you have to assume he'll be the head coach with the the model that we seem to be uh, set up in uh, at the moment. Um, there was another good point about Chris. So obviously, like he said, wasn't Garner's appointment all about getting the whole club together, teams from under eights to seniors all playing the same way and building from the bottom, that sort of stuff. It's all it's all well and good as saying it, Sue. It has to be put. It has to be put into action now because I mean I can tell you that every every single managerial or head coach appointment we've made over the last few seasons, we would have had this sort of spiel when they came in. It's just. Nathan has to be the man to take it forward and they have to all work together and get and get that in place. Um, short term is huge because Nathan, the owners and the fans don't want to be doing this rebuild from top to bottom from League Two like Luton did. So he has to come in and, and hit the ground running. So that's that's massive additional pressure for him compared to someone maybe who would have come in halfway through the season when we were just bang in mid-table, 15 points off playoffs, 15 points off relegation. He has he has to hit the ground running with a massive game for his first game as well, assuming he's in, in time for Reading on Saturday. Yeah, I think, I mean, as I was watching the game yesterday and I was kind of trying to work out what he'd be thinking watching over the other side and sort of, I think one of the main things is going to be the confidence aspect of stuff being able to give those players a sense of belief in themselves. I know, like, obviously we talked about Lloyd the other day, didn't we, um, in the, the fact that they've they've given him a couple of games out because he, he felt it felt like he'd sort of lost his confidence a bit. And um, I think, <clears throat> knowing Nathan as I do, like, personality-wise, he, he will know how to adapt his, how, to what the players need in terms of, I think, no disrespect to, to Ben Garner, but you can't compare the two people in terms of personality. Um, Nathan's got this air about him that will just instill that confidence and that, that belief that we can get out of it. 
and I guess like watching some of the the new signings yesterday, <clears throat> it was again. I think that's going to be part of that. I think possibly comes down to a bit of not being fit, um, a bit of getting to know each other. Um, so again, he he's going to have that that part of his job is going to be key, getting the the lads, the new lads in that that need to be a bit more match fit. But also that sort of togetherness, um, <laughs> that togetherness within the squad of of really feeling a team bond and and sort of, I think at the moment I watch the team and it, it still feels a little bit like individuals playing um, for the same team rather than playing as a team. Um, and again, I guess that's possibly where they've. They've not had the time to gel or whatever it is, whatever's been going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. I don't know, but it's just um it's it that's gonna be his key skill is is getting that that togetherness back and that confidence. Excellent stuff. Right. Um Dudley pointed out that Neil Warnock has more promotions than anyone else. He said he believes it's eight. Um which uh well he he won't be adding that to uh, with us, unfortunately. Um James saying, uh, I fully believe he's a championship manager. I'm just worried the momentum is just not on our side. We just have to survive and next year hopefully be a different story. Dean pointed out that Luton played good fluid attacking football with Jones and won the league by a country mile. And that's I mean when when your new appointment comes in, like it's it's similar when um, when Appleton came in. Obviously, we spoke to George Ellick at not the top twenty. You were like George, obviously being an Oxford fan, was looking at the good times and 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 not the bad times. And we're we're hoping it's the, it's the good it's the good spells he had at Luton that will be what he brings to us. And obviously, not what happened uh, elsewhere. Spam saying it would be a great uh, animated on the touchline, give great interviews, and have a modern attacking tactics. It's a huge coup considering the state of our club. Uh, at the moment, uh, Snuffle says we still have enough quality in the squad. I feel Nathan uh, will turn it around. Um, excellent. That'll hopefully uh, be the case. Um, all hell let loose saying Fleming has done well and improved the team, inherited from Appleton. Uh, but players know somebody else will be the new manager, so Nathan should get at least an extra 10% out of these players. Um, yeah, and, and he has to talk. I mean, someone tweeted me just before we came on asking if we could talk about the level of, of recruitment that we've seen so far in, in January and how they've sort of landed. Sue mentions there maybe there's a bit of fitness and, and getting to know each other. But I, I said it on Thursday, I'm, I'm still a bit concerned about about how the new players have settled in and, and they need to start showing, you know, obviously there's players here who've been playing badly all season, but there's players who've come in that you're hoping were going to add a bit more. And that's one of my main concerns at the moment is that they haven't looked great. And I feel like we've taken a bit of a risk with our transfer business. Right, let's have a look back at yesterday's game. We'll still talk about Nathan coming in. Uh, we'll talk about yesterday's performance as well. But let's have a quick listen uh, to the goal. Uh, yesterday's 1-0 defeat at home uh, against Derby County. Your commentators uh, on Charlton TV, as always, uh, were Terry Smith and Greg Stubbley. Back to Maynard Brewer. Play will continue. 30 minutes play. Charlton nil, Derby nil. Gillespie also risky ball inside and picked off by Bird. Across to Mendes Lang. Opportunity and Derby score. Mendes Lang, who's been off the field for about five minutes, comes back on, presented with an opportunity. And Derby take the lead. And what can you say? Another defensive error. It's cost Charlton, just, um, just like up at Blackpool. This time Gillespie inexplicably just passes it inside to nobody in particular. I think he was trying to pick out 
commentary, but there's nowhere near him. And just a, one quick pass forward from Collins and Mendes Lang, even with one foot. Not going to make any mistake there. Charlton has to come from behind again. It was very similar to the Blackpool goal the other day, it has to be said, in terms of Charlton overplaying at the back. Gillespie thought that Coventry is a potential option. Coventry was expecting the ball to go long, intercepted by Bird, straight across to Mendes Lang, who had no one tight enough to close him down. Mendes Lang, it's a good finish for Charlton. Guilty of mistakes at the back again, a recurring theme this season. There we go. That's a goal then. Yesterday, Mendes Lang, uh, the beneficiary of a, a, another mistake at the, in the back line for the Addicts, it was Gillespie this time who gave the ball away. He was trying to pass it to Connor Coventry. You could see they weren't on the same wavelength. Connor had sort of turned to make a dart forward. Um, Gillespie tried to play it as if Connor was taken a few yards back towards our own goal, uh, given away and slotted in. And Mendes Lang, who could barely walk at the time, can still score against us because that's how, that's how we operate these days. Um, yeah, how did, uh, the game overall, Tash. I guess we started. Okay, you know they 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 scored the goal. There wasn't much in it, really. Um, after that, start of the second half again came out okay, but we didn't really create a lot. You know, Curtis, when when we hear from later, sort of mentions the fact that we we had over sixty percent of the ball, but it was very similar, weirdly, to the away game at Burton, where it felt like the game was designed a little bit for us to have a lot of possession, and when you have that, you have to create better chances, and we didn't. And yeah, so. Even in even games where Derby were Derby, and I feel sorry for taking the mick out of Jake on Thursday show. I can fully understand what he means about they're not pretty to watch, but they're effective and, and they got the job done. And I think they got it done quite comfortably in the end. Tash, is that the way you saw it? Or did you see it differently? Yeah, I don't think really. I don't really remember Derby having that many chances of note. Like I didn't look at them and think that they're the best side that I'd, I'd seen this season. I wasn't made like, you know, but as you said, they did a job on us and that's all they needed to do. Um, it's a shame, really, because you think, obviously, a huge issue for us this season has been defensive clangers. And one of the players that we brought in to sort out the defensive clanger issues has then dropped a defensive clanger. So, it's yeah, it was frustrating. But I think before that goal, as you said, I think we probably started uh, the better of the two sides. I think I know some people might think it's a psychological thing, this, but us shooting towards the cover then does always help. I, I always think that. So, our starting on, on that, that way actually probably helped. Um, but yeah, that, that goal kind of knocked the stuff out of us for a little bit. Um, but unfortunately, I, I just was never convinced of any of our attacks. I think there was a massive gap between the defence and the attacking line yesterday. And you're stretching that. And I just didn't, I, I don't know, I thought, I felt a bit sorry for Ladapo and May and, and those who were up top in the end because they just weren't getting the service that they needed. And if they did, they were kind of scrapping around on the edge of the box. A lot of our, any of the minimal shots that we did have yesterday did not come from that, you know, quite far away and they struggled to get a shot away so yeah I, I, was, I wasn't like overly amazed by Derby but as you said they had a job to do and, and they did it yeah, and it felt it felt like they could have done that for another hour on us. Just, I mean, there was the the gamesmanship and all that. And I saw I saw some people were making very good points yesterday on social media that you know we can sit there and moan about it all the time, or we can remember that we don't do that enough, and we concede hatfuls of goals in the last minutes of games, and that's why we don't. You know, that's why we don't come anywhere near to to being up the, the right end of the table. Um, the the goal itself. So you know, as someone's pointed out in the, in in the chat. You know, Gillespie is one of these new signings that that's coming in we, we had to improve our defense and so far it hasn't happened so obviously 
I, I can't get my head around the amount of players we've signed and their former clubs fans tell us he's great. You know, he got promotion with us. He did all this. And when they come to us, they don't quite look up to standard yet. You know, JC saying Gillespie has made uh, two mistakes in two home games uh, that has cost us. Um, Chris is asking, so I hope Sue is a Nathan Jones expert will, will be able to tell us how will Nathan prevent Derby's goal yesterday. So, Obviously, his personality is all about he can be he can be, he can be a buddy with them and talk with them and 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 uh, how how does he stop them giving away goals like that? What what does he have to drill into them organisationally to make sure that that doesn't happen? Because we've had reams and reams of managers over the last few years who haven't stopped that. This has been a consistent problem for us. No matter who we change personnel wise, no matter if we bring in young defenders, no matter if we bring in more experienced defenders, no matter what back three or back four we play, we do this almost every week and it's costing us big time and this season it could cost us our place in league one which is just an embarrassing sentence to be saying i mean it's always hard to know isn't it what a manager's going to do to to stop those sorts of mistakes um because that is in an in the moment decision making that a manager doesn't have control over but at the same time and i know i keep saying it some of it's going to be about confidence and a lot of it will be about the organisation. He was a defender. I know we've had managers that have been defenders before. Um, but again, I think it's that that man, I know he's going to, he's probably going to be head coach, but the man management side of stuff about really working out those weaknesses in, in certain individuals and working on those Um because again, I think there was a big discussion yesterday, wasn't it? About well, it's been it's been ongoing for a while about about the effective effectivity of uh, Ashley and whether we have that confidence in him. Um, because although Gillespie made that mistake, at the same time Ash didn't move. So I know you've got as a keeper, you've got to, you've got to rely on your your defenders to to get you out of it, which Derby did really effectively. Um, they that that it it's you've got to have that confidence to then like if you're seeing because they had so much space. This is what I couldn't get my head around. There, I've watched that goal over and over. There was so much space there that even with Gillespie not quite getting to that ball. Where was everybody else? They were so far away from um, Mendes Lang that he just had that space to just be able to get that shot away. Um, so I don't, as a manager, I don't know how you how you cut those mistakes out because there will always be mistakes in games. But unfortunately for us, our mistakes then lead to those goals that end up le- meaning that we lose the games. It's, it's funny, isn't it, that it's Mendes Lang as well, because like he's one of the players that n- not look forward to ex- exactly, because obviously I know he's going he's, he's gonna to be him ripping us a new one, but when, when we're going to play him, I thought, oh, he'll, he'll be an interesting watch today because he is so good, but he was sort of hobbling around on one leg and he still managed to score against us and then went off um, yesterday, which, which which was just just as painful. The fact you only need, you only need one working foot to score against us at the moment. James uh, says conceding just one is an improvement as we've been pretty shocking. I uh, thought we looked pretty solid at the back yesterday and against lesser opposition, we will get a couple more chances. But again, I mean, if you look at 
the way Derby played, I think there was only maybe one spell in the second half of about five minutes where they where it looked like they were having a go at actually trying to score again. And then I think it was Max Bird who came close twice, particularly the one where he walked through basically the entire team and he was in, in the penalty area in front of the covered end. And I mean, from my angle, it looked like it must have gone an inch wide. It looked in all ends up when, when, he, when he slid it across the face of goal and it went just wide. So when, when we were put under pressure, we didn't, we didn't react to it very well. Derby obviously was sat in and made it difficult for us to do that. But it's weird that even, you know, as James has said, there's a couple of games now where we've only conceded one away at Blackpool, or that should have been about 10. And obviously yesterday when maybe it could have been a couple more, but now we've started to look less and less like scoring. Um, so we, I said it a few weeks ago, I was nervous about Corey going because he's the one who gets us up the pitch and gets the ball in in and around the likes of Alfie. I thought, you know what, maybe Freddie coming in, Freddie Ladapo, as someone who I've seen score goals against us at the Valley for Ipswich where he almost creates his own chances, like out of nothing. I thought, okay, maybe we'll be all right. But that's, to me, looking like a gamble that hasn't paid off because we're just not creating many chances now. And, and Freddie himself will probably feel... There's a lot of improvement in to, to his game from what we've seen so far because he, he doesn't look anywhere near up to speed so far. So even if we have slightly tightened up at the back and still give away silly goals, though, now we've taken away our, our, our danger at the other end of the pitch, Tash. So that that's why I'm genuinely concerned. I, 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 I put my hands up and I'll say maybe even three weeks ago, I was feeling a lot more relaxed and I feel very silly about that because this side can go down. Don't, don't get me wrong, this side can go down. Yeah, absolutely, but... It's insane, really, because no matter, I, I said this a few weeks ago, I'm not defending Appleton at all because I wasn't a fan of his, but um, you look at that squad, I, I I don't think they should be a relegation side. I don't think there's an excuse for that. I don't know what is going on <laughs> behind the scenes, mentally, confidence-wise. There are enough players in there, in my opinion, that we should be nowhere near the relegation zone, considering the dross, no offence to the other teams in League One, but there are some seriously bad teams in there. I don't think there's an excuse. Having said that, I agree with you in the sense of we haven't replaced Corey. Like, that was the danger. I know people, like, I think, and I think his head had turned anyway. I think he probably wanted to leave. You know, we're going to get money for him. He's going to be out of contract in the summer. Okay, fine. Like, get the money for him now. But unfortunately, no matter what you think about him, and yeah, okay, he didn't put in max effort in, in most of the games. Unfortunately, as you just said, we have lost that creativity. It feels like it's been completely sucked out now. Like, yeah, okay, we've corrected the, some of the defensive errors, which is great. But, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think we've we've really, unfortunately, Ladapo hasn't filled that hole. Um, he may well come good and it might just be a sense of, it's very a case of him gelling and, and working with May and, and getting to know each other a bit more. But I'm stunned, really, at the moment by the lack of impacts that him and the other signings have had as well. I think it might be a bit unfair on commentary and Backinson as I think that, you know, they're not perfect by any means, but I think they have had somewhat of a positive impact. But yeah, I am I am very concerned about where the goals are going to come from because poor Alfie Matt, he is literally being pulled from pillar to post around the pitch yesterday. He looked like he was at centre-back at one point. <laughs> I spotted him in the back of the pitch. I thought, what are you doing back there? But yeah, so that's your most creative player. And he's you know, running around at the back trying to do defensive duties. So it is concerning. I thought Carney coming on yesterday, I still think we're very lucky to have him, by the way, because he came on. I thought he had, 
although you know he struggled to have service I thought he did do well there was that chance that Gillespie created out of nothing didn't he where he just fired the ball up towards Carney and Carney was unlucky not to get his header away and and the derby keeper actually made a, a decent save one of his only saves of the afternoon but yeah I, I, I am very worried like you that up front we're just not creating anything and not having Corey there anymore just yeah it's very worrying yeah, and Paul Davenport makes an excellent point in the chat saying their overall approach may have been functional, to put it mildly, mildly for, for Derby, but the speed of their reaction uh, turning that mistake into a goal was razor sharp in, in stark contrast to our plodding about. Yeah, so if we if we win the, pit, the, the ball high up the pitch like Derby did yesterday, who, who's, who's going to play those incisive passes into Alfie? Because Alfie would have been the one to, he would have scored that. So who, who's the man to fizz in that incisive pass? You know, Backinson's brought a bit of energy. I haven't seen much of that incisive ball playing from him kind of commentary on paper you know he, you see him sort of sit a bit deeper in the midfield and you feel like he can spray a pass but I don't know I want to see uh, I'm hoping he'll sort of grow into someone who will play those incisive passes but again I don't I don't think we've quite seen it yet you know I know I know you know certainly in the first game we saw that we, we saw someone who was calm on the ball and, and used possession reasonably wisely and we thought right okay maybe he's going to grow into it but he hasn't really quite built on that just yet again it is very early days let's not get carried away but I, I was really hoping there was going to be a, a big impact from our January players and there hasn't been so far so and that's what concerns me you know it's 12, 12 games without a win you know 17 games without a clean sheet which is just pathetic but 12 games without a win that that's a spiral and we've said it before there's momentum in in football when you when when you're building good momentum, it feels brilliant, and you, you feel like you're never going to drop points again. But when you when you're in a run like we've been in, we've seen this before in relegation seasons. It can be so hard to get out of. So that that's why I'm I'm just getting more worried that there hasn't been that instant impact. That now we have to see Nathan Nathan has to bring a 15 percent lift to this squad somehow, because like I say, we're 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 in a real dark place at the moment. I think. Um... You talking about Coventry, I think what will be interesting is I think not having George there yesterday probably made a difference in terms of that midfield role to, to sort of sit back to allow Coventry to get forward more. Because I, what I saw of Coventry yesterday, I felt was quite positive. Um, yeah, he's not quite there yet, but I feel like there's you can see that potential there. You can see why we got him in. Um, I think, obviously, we've got Miles to come back. Um, and again, that potentially is going to feel like a new sign-in. Um, a bit more confidence into the squad. And then Miles, we look Miles at ain't going to where... be back this season, though. Chuck, Chuck's might be, but Miles ain't going to be back this season. Miles That's the concerning not. thing. Oh, no, okay. no, I read no. something on the side that said February. Um so Chuck, even Chuck's bringing him in. I know we know he he can't do the ninety minutes, but again, I think that gives that frees up Alfie a bit more to to concentrate on the one role rather than ten like he did yesterday. Um, it's it's yeah, it's a, it's gonna be really rough, especially with who we've got coming up. Um, but I just I just can't help but feel positive. Um, about what's to come and how the organisation will be a lot more, um, well, it will just be more organised, trying to mm, find the yeah. right words. 
Yeah, um, it, it should be clear for the, for the players what their roles are, and obviously Nathan Nathan knows he has to do. I do wonder what he was thinking watching that yesterday. He would like Curtis says he felt he would have seen things he would have been happy with, but certainly things he would have been unhappy with as well. Um, there 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 were loads of jokes about him sneaking out at half time and <laughs> running off. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think I was just texting Sue yesterday. Actually, we were, we were sort of just discussing like what what would have Nathan made of that, and I sort of said like. The, the good thing about football managers is they always go, they always back themselves because they have to. You have to be in, in that bear pit. You, ha- you have to believe in your own ability. So he won't have been sitting there going, goodness me, what have I signed myself up for here? He would have been thinking, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to make the changes that, from what I've seen so far today need, need to happen. Um, yeah, so all hell let loose. I was going to bring it up anyway, but he's just put it in the chat as well. Why isn't Harry Isaac getting a chance? Ashley Maynard Brewer is looking a bit shell-shocked at times. And I know he didn't really massively react for the goal. It was quite a close-range shot. I mean, I was more concerned again by some some of the... I mean, there was that one moment, I think it was in the first half, where that ball came in and there was no one anywhere near him. And, and he punched rather than caught it. And, and it, it was received by some loud groans in the stadium, Tash, because that just suggested to me that there's a, a goalkeeper who's really struggling to make his decisions at the moment. You know, and I, I, I've said all season, I like Ashley's shot stopping, but some of the other parts of his game, if, we, if we're going, if we being honest, are going downhill at the moment. And, and he does look nervous. Like, again, I take someone today saying, like, Isted must be really poor in training if he's not getting a chance at this moment in time. Yeah, and it's a shame that we're having to say this as well because I want it to work for Ashley. Obviously, he's been with us for a long time and, you you, you know, it's another academy product. You really want it to work. Um, unfortunately, yeah, I was one of those people that groaned yesterday when he went to punch the ball and just definitely should have caught it. But I think that is a perfect summary of where his confidence is at at the moment. And personally, if I was the manager, I'd be looking at him and I'd be thinking, you need a moment out of the spotlight. Because I think it happened a similar sort of thing earlier in the season where he'd made a few mistakes or he looked slightly shaky and I said came in for him. I can't I can't remember specifically when that was, but you know, having that and then I said obviously got injured, but having that time out clearly did help Ash and it was needed. Um it's a shame. I think like unfortunately, I don't really see him like commanding his bots. I don't see him like commanding the defenders like you do see with a lot of goalkeepers. I just don't see that confidence in, in him. And I think obviously he's not the only player that's suffering with that at the moment. I think it's indicative of the whole squad at the moment, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, you've got, you've got, I said, you've got the third keeper that you brought in. I think, unfortunately, I think it's probably time. And Nathan Jones, knowing I said from Luton, may well put I said in goal. Um, so, I don't know. I think maybe it's time for Ash to have a bit of time on the sidelines just to regain his confidence because, yeah, that that game yesterday, there definitely were some shaky moments. Mm, yeah, right. Just looking at some of the comments uh, in the chat. Um, yeah, I mean, Chris saying if Chucks comes back and can be fit for four or five games, we'd stay up. And that is sort of what I'm clinging on to at the moment because, you know, in those four or five games, we'll probably drag three or four points extra for us. So uh, we'll see. Um, we'll see how that works. Uh, Richard very kindly pointing out that Lyle Taylor scored two for Cambridge yesterday. You're going to get banned in a minute, Richard, reminding us of that. That was uh, I saw that. Him and Bon up top. Can't wait for Cambridge away in a few weeks' time. Um, yeah, Chris saying Pope was very similar to Ashley when he first broke into the team. I remember uh, uh, Nicky Pope looking very nervous when he first came in. This is really interesting. So Dean pointing out he went to buy tickets for the Reading game after, after the match yesterday and uh, the ticket office was closed. It made no sense given the importance of next Saturday. Well, it does seem odd, yeah, and Peter backing up that he went to pick up his uh, 
Reading tickets and it was closed. So yeah, hopefully um they'll they'll sort that out because uh, I know we need a bit of good backing next week. I know we'll get one as well. I think we must be coming close to to, to selling out. I know we'll take a good number there. I know the fans will, will do their part for what will be a massive game, which we will look forward to uh, properly on Thursday. Let's have a listen um to the interim boss then. Uh, Curtis Fleming came to speak to me uh, after yesterday's game against Derby, and this is what he had to say. Alex interim boss joins me after today's 1-0 home defeat against uh, Derby County. It's, a, it's another game without a win, Curtis. How did you see it this afternoon? Um, I don't think we did enough. I don't think they did a lot. Um, I think it was one of those games that we probably thought we should get something out of, but their one bit of quality and our mistake cost us again. Um, I think, looking at it, I think we were 60% possession without really cutting them out and causing them enough problems. We'd spoken about it and we got punished for a mistake again and not a clean sheet, um, which then again has an effect on the team. I thought the fans were great. I thought we, we huffed and puffed, we showed a lot of energy, but I think the final third, we didn't do enough. I thought, you know, put the ball into the box. You know, when you look at them, they, you know, they killed the game a few times, didn't they? A few experienced fellas falling over, killing the tempo. We were trying to get the tempo up because they don't like tempo. Um, and at times we didn't play with the tempo that we wanted. We talked about moving them around and switching the ball quickly. I think when you're a goal down and you're chasing some of your decisions aren't as good as they should be. Um, so it's really disappointing, if, if, if I'm honest. Um, but we, again, I, I talked about endeavour and energy and, and working hard. We did that. But I thought we lacked quality and we gave it back away. Yeah, and you mentioned that going. It's now another game without a clean sheet, 17, 12 games without a win. I mean, obviously, when, when the new boss comes in, there's still a lot of work to do on on this side and he'll have to try and snap them out of this uh, this run quite quickly. Yeah, I think it's huge, isn't it? It's absolutely huge. Next week's game is a huge game, isn't it? But um, as I said, there's no getting away from that. We know that. That's what it is. I think we should have got something from the game today. But we didn't. And then we have to move on. Um I'm a little bit edgy now because I just think we could have been so much better. We've had a real good week's training. We give a, ball, a bad goal away and I'm thinking, come on then, bounce back. Let's go. They're trying to kill the game because they're tired. Because they're trying to you know, knock our momentum. And I'm saying to them, just keep pushing, just keep pushing. We had a couple of opportunities. I think ten eyes cross across the box. And you think, you go on, stick it in. You think if they had had it, it might have been stuck in the back of the net. So I think that we did not ask them enough questions um, in, in, the, in their defensive third or in the box. Um, I thought near the end as well, we, we spoke about putting the ball into the danger area and see what happens. Happened last week when Alfie, you know, a good bit of play, attempts a shot and we get a deflection, it goes in. I think if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the lottery and I think we didn't do that enough today. I mentioned, obviously, Nathan Jones was, was here today. We, we saw him, of mm. you as interim boss, you were brought in just towards the end of Michael Appleton's tenure. Have you been getting any, mm. any indication that you're going to be part of the team with Nathan when he comes in? I haven't. That's, I think that's got to be a, a chat and a talk. You know, I came in as a club appointment, but we'll speak. Um, the important thing isn't me. The important thing isn't me. Whatever happens, it's fine. It's about getting the results. And it's a new coach coming in. He'll see some stuff he would have really liked today, but be other stuff that he want to tidy up. And I think giving goals away, you know, we've talked about it and talked about it, but sometimes in training Monday to Friday you can't replicate, you know, maybe the tension or maybe you thought we played so well that we probably got a little bit too nice, you know, thinking play forward, play forward, and we try that ball into the middle of the pitch, which causes a problem. And they're good enough, aren't they? They nick it two passes, it's in the back of our net and everybody's in shock. So it gives him, I think, when he looks at, uh, looks at what's... what's um, what he's got here, I think he'll, he'll look and think, I've got a lot of people here that can work out. And there's things he's going to have to change. There's no doubt about it, because if you're not keeping clean sheets and even won that many games, something's got to change. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? 
Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk Hello fellow addicts. I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich. It has six pub of the year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Charlton fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live on your Sunday morning. Hope you guys are enjoying the show uh, so far. We've been looking back at yesterday's 1-0 home defeat uh, against Derby County that has left uh, the Addicts uh, right in the relegation doo-doo, uh, three points above the uh, the drop zone with Reading to come. Uh, you sit just inside it next Saturday. Uh, we've also been talking about the impending appointment uh, of Nathan Jones, who's going to be coming in, it would appear, as the Addicts head coach. So, um bringing in someone else to talk about that well uh, as well now our guest fan uh, this week is uh, a Charlton fan as always but also somebody who worked at the club uh, between the years of 2011 and 2013 uh, in the media team so Jimmy Stone joins us so not only do you have uh, obviously your heart in, in the right place with Charlton but you know a little bit about how the the younger players who worked with Nathan sort of reacted to his coaching methods at the time as well so you can give us an insight on that so m- morning Jimmy how are you? Morning morning everyone yes I'm all right thank you. Yeah. yeah, so um, let, let's go straight into it then. Um, we, we, we talk. We can talk about the football side of it maybe later on. But um, what, what can you tell us about Nathan? Um, what do you hope and, and, and think he will bring bring to the job? Yeah, I mean, I've been, li- I've been listening, so I don't want to repeat some of what's already been said. But he is clearly a very, very good man manager, and and can and deal with individuals specifically at this level very well. I think he. I think part of the problem. I gather, and what I hear at Stoke was that uh, some of the, I say egos is maybe harsh, but some of the big name Premier League players he had to deal with when he, when he, uh, when he joined them and they'd just been relegated from the Premier League, he he struggled to win them over. And there's uh, there's, I think one the key thing about Nathan Jones and Nathan Jones teams is that everyone has to buy into him because his his philosophy and some of his methods are quite different. Uh, he's, he's a very intense individual. He'll ask a lot of players, both fitness-wise, fitness um, 
you know uh, some of the, some of the demands on the training pitch are, are really high um so i think if everyone doesn't buy into it then it's not going to work and i think that's what happened at stoke um southampton's a different one you know i think I, the, the other thing about stoke and i think you've touched on it is that it didn't you know no one else has gone in and been successful there um that, so uh at southampton you know i think it's slightly different but he is also incredibly intelligent, incredibly insightful. Like he isn't just a, a passionate ranting, you know, sort of manager who's fist punching to fans. You see that, but incredibly intelligent, incredible insight, in, insight, incredibly insightful, um, and tactically knows what he's talking about. So um, I think there's lots about him to like. I think that you know, I, I think it's important. He, you know, looking at that side yesterday, I'm I'm not convinced anyone goes in and immediately turns this side around and all of a sudden they're playing great football and 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 winning games for fun. Like I, I think most Charlton fans will realise that and they, they're gonna need a bit of patience. Um so and and he's gonna need time to build his own team, obviously. Not everyone in that you know, some of those lone players who we've got currently, especially I'm thinking, are they going to immediately warm to someone who's asking so much of them? So um, it's going to be interesting, but it's a great appointment. Like, it's, it's, you look at the names that are out there and I'm, I'm convinced it's the right one. Um, I'm convinced it's the best one. Like, there's no guarantees any manager is ever going to be a success at any club, of course. But he, he is someone um, who should should have been top of any any list of championship managers league one managers so i think i think it's i think it's a good one for charm hey jim um just like what do you feel like nathan will bring to the to the current setup that we've been missing for the last i know you've talked about the the intelligence and the man management side of stuff, but what do you think in addition he's going to bring um, that's not been working so far? So I think he is almost the polar opposite to Michael Appleton in some ways. And I don't want that used as a stick to beat Michael Appleton. It didn't work for Michael Appleton. These things happen. I don't think he helped himself. But I think Nathan Jones will, will build a connection with fans fairly quickly. I think that's important. I think that, you know, it's, for some reason, it feels even more important at Charlton than other clubs, I sometimes think, that um, that relationship between manager and fans, if it's if it's, if it's wrong, it's, it's never just a little bit wrong. It's either completely wrong or it's it's, it's very right. And um, and I think um, I think that will that will be something he'll quite naturally and quite easily. Um, it, it, will, it will feel right quite quickly, I think. Um, that obviously comes if you win games. Um, but I also think, I think it's been touched on, organisationally, very good. Um, he will, I think he will demand more than what we've what we've had previously. And it's going to be difficult for some of the players we've got to, I mean, hide might be harsh, but um, just go through, just go through their paces and play, you know, it's, it's not going to happen under Nathan Jones. He is going to, he's going to demand a huge amount from them. Um, and if players aren't training well, if players aren't, if he sees something he doesn't like, they're not going to play. Um, 
so it's it's as simple as that and i think that again he he, he may ruffle quite a few feathers but he, he may not want to do that immediately i don't know but long term i think that's what we're that's what we're talking about um that that said like he his teams play high press uh you know attacking football like he's not he's not going to be you know someone who's going to it's going to sound. <laughs> I mean, Derby yesterday, they're fourth in the league. It was a, it was a horrible watch, and that it wouldn't be like under Nathan Jones. I mean, I'd, I'd take a horrible watch in fourth in the league. Don't get me wrong, but um, it it won't be like that. It will be it will be like it will be winning football, but it will be positive and and fast paced and attacking football. Um, eventually and i'm not I, for, do not get me wrong i'm not saying that to the team we've got at the moment is going to play that football but that is what a nathan jones team looks looks like hi jimmy um i've seen a lot of fans asking about this so i'm not very clued up on it either but what sort of assistance does nathan jones bring with him to his different clubs and who, who are they like do you know who they are and what yeah so doing? good question so uh, paul hart um is uh when he was at Charlton as academy director, has been with him at Luton, has been with him um, most places he's gone, um, and has been heavily, you know, heavily linked. You'll probably know, but um, I don't, I don't know if he, he'll take him. But he was there at the same time as Nathan Jones. Then I worked with both of them. Um, Paul Hart was great. Really liked him. Very, I mean, quite, quite old school. I had a chat with um, uh, Adi Aziz and Jordan Cousins, who were going through Charlton's academy at this. At the same time as uh, Nathan Jones and uh, Paul Hart were there, and Nathan Jones was a sort of you know he he would he would do the runs with them on the training pitch. He would be a sort of father figure for want of a better word. Word, whereas Paul Hart was this old, very old school like go and wash the first team players' boots. You know, make sure your boots are clean. But but also like again, a vast knowledge, vast football knowledge, and so. It may be that Paul Hart comes back. I don't think that'd be a bad thing. And Chris Cohen's gone with it, gone with him to Luton and a few other places. I'm not. I don't know as much about him. Um, but I, th I think Paul Hart again maybe something, you know, to bring back some standards in terms of and culture to the culture to the club, a winning culture. I could see the the two of them working quite well. Um, and I, I like Paul Hart. He was he was he was a funny guy. I think th I think he's a good person to have around a football club, basically. Excellent. So I've just breaking news just on Twitter. Um, Richard's saying that Nathan will sign his contract today. So that's uh, that's just in the last few moments there, which uh, uh, sounds like hopefully positive news. Um, just on on the football itself, then Jimmy. Um, I mean yesterday's game. Uh, highlighted some of my concerns, uh, to, to put it kindly. Um, so, I mean, Nathan's got his work cut out with this with this squad. Um, uh, probably should be slightly higher than than what they are, but exactly what their ceiling is remains to be seen. But you know, we haven't got. We need we need short term results as well. That that will be clear to him, and 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 he'll have to get to work very quickly, particularly with such a massive game coming up on on Saturday. Yeah, I think part of the issue is it, it feels like this season we've had at least two different squads but i saw a stat around the 39 players used this season um there is there has been really no no settled team i know players has always it always seems to happen at charlton have left and joined in january we've got a whole new look at it i mean i think um the worry for me yesterday was that some of the players looked scared um they looked frightened to get on the ball and and they they looked frightened to take a little bit of responsibility 
um, which is like conducive with a team in a relegation battle. And that's exactly what they are in now. Um, I've, yeah, I think he he needs to do whatever he can to instill confidence back into players quickly. That's easier said than done, but he's he's one who can do it definitely. Um, yeah, and I think yeah, I, I mean, I think finding finding his best eleven as as far quickly sticking with it. Um, he, I mean, the Reading one, the Reading one, an interesting is a massive game, but I don't think it's a bad one to have your first game as general manager. I think if if we get something out of that, I mean, if we win that, then that is the the absolute perfect start for him. So it's going to be an interesting week. Um, it's going to be a massive ten days. So um, yeah, I think hopefully gets done early this week. He gets a week with them on the training pitch, and we see something better on Saturday. Yeah, and just finally, uh, someone someone put it in the chat, but I've lost it now. Asking if if Thomas Dryson's ever agreed to that interview. Obviously, referring to your your getting the getting to know the network podcast that you made a few years ago. So, I mean, you you were in and around it, obviously, and then and then did a lot of research into what happened with Charlton under Duchatelet. Um, how how do you see sort of the setup behind the scenes at the moment? Obviously, a new a new ownership has come in over the summer. Um, how do you compare, you know, the, the different ownerships you've seen over the years? How 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 much faith do you have in this one to to be the one to to turn it around? Obviously, it hasn't been a very good start for them, but I mean, how how do you see things going forward under this ownership? Yeah, I mean, to the Duchatelet problem hasn't gone away. He's very he's very much in very much a huge issue at Charlton, um, and I'll bang the same drum. But um, you know, he, while he owns the stadium and other assets, we're you know he's that is one of the, the biggest problems at Charlton. And there is no way um, we're going to get a really, really serious ownership in place until that happens. And that sounds disrespectful to the current ownership. And I don't think they've done huge, huge amounts wrong so far. I think the appointment, appointments that have made, they've made um, up to this one haven't been particularly inspiring, but they also haven't been ridiculous. Um, I think, um, you know, there's some of the signings have made, been made as good, but recruitment in general, the strategy around it needs looking at. Like the, the, the amount of loan signings is still a problem and has been a problem for Charlton for a long time. We, we're over-reliant on our young players um, and again, have been for some time. They, they, need a, they need, and I would hope they will, be able to build a team that will see us through an entire season. Um, they they don't inspire me with a huge amount of con- confidence, but they do. At the same time, I think uh, they are significantly better than what we've had since Roland de Chatelet. So I, I think they deserve some time and some patience in that respect. Um, they are communicating with fans to an extent. Um, I think that there's an area that could be better, but again, better than what we've had previously. So, um, yeah, I think that it's, it's difficult. It's 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 always going to be difficult until the club own the stadium again. Um, and um, I'm not suggesting for a second that Roland de Chatelet has any, you know, say say around the club or anything like that. That's not the case. But um, while while well, he still owns a stadium. We've got huge problems. And if we were to be relegated as a League Two club who don't own their own stadium, that would be catastrophic. 
um, not just for not just for footballing reasons. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's. I certainly would don't think it's been as bad as it has been in the last few years, but um, I think the jury's out a little bit. There we go. Well, Jimmy, um, massive thanks to you for for coming on and give us your insight as as this week's guest fan into the new head coach. Who, uh, as we were saying earlier, Richard just tweeted that he looks like to sign his contract today. So hopefully that'll be all done and dusted by the time uh, a lot of you are listening to the podcast on catch up. Jimmy, massive thanks. To, good to see you again. Cheers, see you too. There we go. That's Jimmy Stone who joined us uh, on Chart and Live as this week's uh, guest fan. In fact, we're pretty much coming up to the uh, end of the show as well. Now I'm just looking at some of the comments in the chat. People seem pretty happy that. Um, that, that Nathan seems set to be uh, announced uh, this morning or, or nearly seven o'clock where Richard is uh, is watching as well. So yeah, hopefully that will uh, make everyone's day and hopefully he'll be the man to get us out of this mess. Uh, right, we'll come to the end of this week's show. Massive thanks to everyone who's joined us uh, in the live chat. Hope you've enjoyed it uh, and everyone who's caught us on, on Catch Up as well. Make sure you subscribe uh, to our show wherever you get your podcast and our, our YouTube channel as well so you never miss uh, another live show. Big thanks to Jimmy, who was our guest fan. Massive thanks to Sue and Tash for joining me this week. Good to see you both. You too. Thanks, everyone. Cheers, both. Can't wait for Nathan Jones to jump in the crowd at Reading Away. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully he won't be doing that after a 4 0 defeat because I'm mean, going to be weird if he did. But um, yeah, we'll see. Um, right. Thanks for listening uh, to this week's show. I'm Louis Mendez. We'll be back on Thursday then to look ahead to that game. Uh, with uh, Reading and, and and obviously talk about what would appear to be the uh, impending appointment uh, of Nathan uh, Jones. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, uh, this has been Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. We shall see you again on Thursday. <laughs>